we can really get to know a city. I like to have a map of the city and I like to create a drawing, right? I like to create my, my, my passive progress. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, and we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited about my upcoming book. It's just about to be released. Uh, actually, by the time this podcast airs, it might already be uh, on Amazon. So uh, we're just doing some final edits right now. Awesome. That's exciting. We got to, when are we going to, so, so when, when can people buy it? Like <laughs> tomorrow? No. I want to well, buy it, man. I, I know. Well, I'll send you a copy for free. Oh, I'll sign man. it. You know? Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, but so it's coming out soon. We're going to know what we're going to, we got to, we're going to do a podcast episode. I don't know. We haven't yep. even planned it yet, but we got to do a podcast episode on it. Cause I want to hear a ton more about it. We might have to do like five podcast episodes about it because it's a, it's a book about books, about real estate. And so you, you really highlight uh, a lot of authors on it, right? And you're highlighting mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And so I think there's a lot to cover on, on the book. So it's, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. That's uh, I aspire to be you someday <laughs> when I get older. I don't know. Um, seriously, though, I, I kind of would love to write a book. We'll see if I ever do. But it's like it's daunting when I think about like writing a book. Like, oh my gosh, that just seems like a lot of work. But at the same time, uh, obviously rewarding too at the end. So, yep. And how, how about yourself? How are you doing today, Todd? I'm doing good. I will, we're coming at you on election day. So uh, I, I'm going to got, I got to get out and vote. I didn't do any early voting. I was actually planning on doing it and I just didn't. And it, it's no big deal. Cause I live in a city that has like 400 people. So we've probably got like 150 people that vote uh, in my city at the most. So it's not like I got, I'm going to have long lines. Um, there, there, there might be somebody in line, maybe. <laughs> when I show up. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Obviously there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think people are, people are anticipating the, the results of this election probably more than most elections. And there's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm, I'm hoping for the best as far as um, people could be able to control their emotions. Obviously, you know, life will go on, right? Your candidate might not win. Um, people have strong opinions either way, obviously. Um, quite frankly, I don't have that strong of opinions either way. And even if I did, I'm not going to share them. Uh, <laughs> cause I just, uh, that's not my style. Uh, but, uh, it'll be, uh, life will go on. Right. Uh, I think every single election I hear a lot of people say, Oh, you know, Barack Obama got elected. And, and I heard a lot of business owners be like, Oh man, it's going to be terrible. All this kind of stuff. Well, it wasn't right. Trump got elected. People are like, oh, we're going to flee the country because it's going to be terrible. He's Adolf Hitler. He's this, he's that. Well, you know, whether you like the guy or not, it hasn't been that bad, right? Um, now, we do have a pandemic, so that's a little bit. But I don't think Trump is God. At least I don't think so. And so I don't think he caused the pandemic. So uh, either way, life will go on. And you've got to move beyond the result, whether you you know, especially if you didn't 
like that candidate and didn't want that candidate in. So, but it's exciting. Uh, obviously, you know, we may have a new president. We may have the same president. Uh, same thing with other elected officials. We're going to have some of the same, some new. So it's always kind of exciting. Yeah. And I, I'm of the attitude that regardless of who wins the election, I'm still going to make money in real estate. I'm still, yeah. you know, even if the laws change, I'm still going to adjust and find ways. You got to adjust, right? Yeah. It's just how it is. Like you can't control, like that's the thing in business. Like you have specific controllables and you have to understand what those are and you have to pivot. We always have to pivot. We can't control when the economy crashes the day it happens. We can't control uh, when people stop consuming cert- certain things or start trending towards consuming other things. You know, we have to pivot. That's the most important thing. You know, Blockbuster um, didn't pivot when people started, you know, going to you know use Netflix and and um, you know even the portable. I can't remember the the, the Redbox and stuff like that. You know, they could have pivoted. They could have been king. You could have had a blockbuster subscription instead of a Netflix subscription, but they decided they wanted to be stuck. Um, and then obviously what happened? Well, they're no longer around. You got to pivot. There's you actually one it. blockbuster left. Is there, is there really? One final one. I think it's in Oregon, but I, I forget. <laughs> They just keep it around just for the heck of it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but but I mean, there there's your perfect story. Like, look, I mean, the it's not like the it's not like it just came overnight. I mean, it came fairly quickly, but the writing was on the wall. Like, why not pivot and make your change instead of digging your heels in it even deeper? Yeah, and I mean, even if uh, Biden wins the election, and by the time this episode uh, airs, maybe we'll know who wins. But yeah, who knows? If, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if Biden wins and he changes the laws, it takes time to do that. You know, it'd be, a yeah. good, I think, a year before any changes really start. Yeah, so you have, you have time to control it. You have time to pivot it. Like, there's talk about the 1031, and will that be a thing? Well, you said, like, if, if there's a law passed that says that the 1031 that evaporates the 1031, well, you have plenty of time to make that change. And you got to realize, like, that actually will now potentially shake things up in real estate and provide opportunity for you. Like, the, the, we don't know the ultimate result of what will happen there, but that could provide, ultimately, could provide opportunity for, for you and, it, you know, Maybe it ends up being a good thing in the end. I, I don't know. Obviously, none of us like love paying taxes, but um, maybe it's a good thing in the end. So you just got to take it and realize the changes that are happening and pivot with those changes. Exactly. So, yeah, man. Well, what's today's topic? Because that wasn't today's topic. We, we weren't going to really talk about <laughs> politics and what, what could happen in, in the event of a change and maybe that should be an episode but right now it's not maybe maybe it's the next episode or the episode after that when we finally learn who is our next president um that might be maybe it's maybe that's january that we (laughs) who knows uh but uh what's the today's topic so today it's kind of talking about pivoting if you're gonna look at changing your market where you're investing or invest in a new market, uh, what steps do you go about? You know, a couple months ago, I think it was episode 285, maybe that we Mm -hmm. talked about uh, analyzing markets to decide one. So like, let's say you've already done that. You've decided on a market. What now? Uh, Do you have to move there? Uh, Can you do it from afar or what? 
Yeah. Uh, and, and real estate is, is local, right? It's, it's not like, it's not like a lot of things where they're, it's floating around the web. It's easy to do everywhere, you know, e-commerce. It's, it's not like that real estate, the building is planted in a spot. And so it's definitely local. It's definitely there. It doesn't mean you need to live in that city, but it does mean you need, in my opinion, at least, um, and again, uh, the show is, it's always my opinion or your opinion, but we, you need to get to know and you need to get to understand the city that the building is planted in. So you have to become familiar with the city. In my opinion, you can't just do it from the computer. Uh, could you? Sure. But I think you're, I think overall your success is going to be drastically different if you actually visit that city, spend some real quality time there and get to know people. So big part of that. You don't have to live there, but you have to be there. Yeah. And I think especially if you have like local team members, uh, it could be partners or, or it could be uh, people that you're working with that know yep. the market especially well and keep their eyes peeled and, and are watching over your assets there uh, to really increase your chances of success. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a point like, you know, you, you have team members, right? And so if you have team members on site, if you have good property management, if you have, if you have overall a good team, that's gonna, that's gonna actually help you not have to go there as much. Right. So the better team you have in place, the, the less you have to actually go to that city, but you still have to go there. Like you still have to spend some time there uh, for, for here. Here's how I did it and learned and would suggest other people do it. So I'll, I'll start with what I did and, uh, and the lessons I learned. So for me, I, I went and I, I, went through the process. Do you remember what episode, by the way, that was? It was maybe two weeks ago. Uh, I remember it been two months ago. I'll, two, I'll look, I'll look it up while you're yeah, talking. Yeah, probably, you're probably right. Two more like two months ago. So you go through the process and you decide what, what's the best market for me. And so that's what I did. And I ended up narrowing it down to about three markets. And then I took a trip to those three markets to, really get my boots on the ground and get comfortable with those markets. And then I, from there, I chose one. Now you don't have to go to three markets, but I would suggest um, if you're torn between a couple that you do that uh, and really get to know them. I, it looks uh, the, by the look on your face, Matt, you found that episode. Yeah. 295. I said 285. I was wrong. Okay. So, so episode 295, if anybody wants to go back to that, we talk, Matt and I talk about, finding that, um, that next market, that emerging market, that market that you want to start investing in. Um, so, so you found the market and now again, you've got to get boots on the ground. I think the very first trip is just to become familiar with the city to start relationships with brokers, with property managers, with potential team members in that city. And I would, especially if you've just already narrowed it down to that one city and said, this is it, I would spend as much time as possible there. If you can spend the entire week there uh, and even weekend there, 
If you can't spend, you know, at least a couple days there, you want to get to know the city. You want to meet people. You want to eat at the restaurants. You want to, you know, figure out what's going on in, in, at the, in the evening, um, in the morning, um, you know, where, where people are commuting. Um, you just want to get to know it. I like to drive as many of the back roads as possible. I like to see what's going on, who is living in specific areas, what kind of cars people are driving, like all that kind of stuff, in my opinion, is important. It just allows me to get a better feeling of the neighborhood versus what I can find online. Now, let's back up. I've, I've chosen my market. Once I choose my market, I'm going to start talking with property management companies. I'm going to be asking them the details of what I've found. I'm going to be verifying with them. So I'm going to talk to them about, hey, I, look, I, I, I'm researching. Um, I'm researching Dallas, Texas. I really like the market. I like what's going on there. It looks like the path of progress is heading towards. Uh, whatever, Richardson, I think that's a suburb, um, Path of Progress is heading towards Richardson and uh, I really like what's going on, the employment, the uh, unemployment rate is X, Y, Z and all this kind of stuff. You know, it, it, am I missing something? What are you seeing? Uh, where do you feel the Path of Progress is going? What are some neighborhoods I should really probably be you know, cautious about that are maybe on the downward trend? Um, those types of things are are what I want to really lean into the local people for. And I don't want just local people. I want experts, property management companies, real estate brokers, lenders, appraisers. Those are the people I want to lean on. I don't want to lean on Aunt Betty who lives in the Dallas area and has been there for 54 years and is scared to go to the Midtown neighborhood because back in 1980, it was a bad neighborhood, right? That's what you find when you lean on people that aren't experts in the city, that aren't dealing with the day-to-day, that aren't in the property business. They're going to be biased towards the neighborhood because it was dangerous when they were a kid. I remember when we moved into uh, a neighborhood in St. Paul, a lot of people were like, Ooh, don't move there. You know, my parent, my dad, my dad is like, that was the most dangerous neighborhood. When I was a kid, you did not go there even during the day. That's where all the drugs were happening. That's where all the murders were happening. That's where everything was going on. Like that's a bad area. A lot of people were at that bias. They said that same thing to us. Well, it's one of the better neighborhoods in St. Paul right now. It's tre- continuing to trend upward. It's, it's a really nice neighborhood. But the people that weren't involved in real estate, that weren't involved in business day to day, they didn't understand it. So be careful who you take advice from. You know, just like when somebody tells you don't buy real estate because tenants, toilets, trash or whatever. Well, it's because they either knew somebody or maybe had a bad experience one time a long time ago. So, um. So I'm talking with property managers. Again, I'm talking with appraisers. I'm talking with um, lenders. Lenders are are super important, right? Because you got to get loans. And if 
believe it or not, lenders aren't supposed to redline, but believe it or not, there's a lot of redlining that happens in the industry. It just does, you know, they're not supposed to, but it just does. Okay. It's just reality. Um, whether you like it or not, it's just reality. And so they're, they're going to provide you information. They're going to let you know what markets, submarkets are, are really good, easy to get loans on. They're going to let you know what some of them are a little more difficult to get loans on. Appraisers are going to be able to tell you everything that's going on. And then last and, and, and certainly not least is real estate brokers. Have those conversations. So these are all conversations, Matt, you can do prior to even touching ground. We can really get to know a city. I like to have a map of the city and I like to create a drawing, right? I like to create my, my, my passive progress. I like to X out, you know, put the skull and bones on certain neighborhoods. Uh, I like to really get to know certain areas. And so now I can look at that map and go, okay, here's where I want to be. And here's where I don't want to be. Like, this is what I want. Of course, that starts with you knowing your criteria. Like, look, if you want C-class neighborhoods, well, then you're not circling the A-class neighborhoods. You're actually crossing those out, right? You want A-class, well, you're not circling the C-class. You get what I mean, right? So you got to know your criteria too. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of homework from the computer. That's so important because I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend my time out in this market doing just the basic ground research. I want it to be detailed research, verifying what I've already found and potentially changing my opinion on some of the things that I thought to be true, right? And I'm curious, how, how do you find these property managers and appraisers and uh, lenders? Do you just Google, uh, you know, what's in the city or, or do you have a network of people that refer you? Yeah, uh, a little bit of both, right? So you're doing some research at the property management companies around. You're making sure those property management companies are managing, you know, units of the or apartments of the unit size you want. So you can look on their website typically and see, okay, they've got, you know, they get, they're managing duplexes. Well, if I'm going to buy a hundred unit building, they're probably not a company I'm going to call, you know, so if they're managing a hundred unit properties and I'm buying duplexes, well, again, they're not a company. So you got to make sure they're the right company for you. And, and that's part of the relationship building, of course, when your opportunity to call them and then figure out what's going on with the market. And then when I reach that first, so it, it doesn't matter to me where you start. You can start with a, an appraiser. Appraisers are easy to find, you know, commercial real estate appraiser, find a commercial real estate appraiser. You know, hey, you you know, who who on your team appraises multifamily properties? Okay, Jim. All right, perfect. Can I have a conversation with Jim? Call fine. Have a conversation with Jim. Hey Jim, who are the who are the the top property management companies that I should connect with? And who are the top lenders? Who are the top brokers? Okay. Now now Jim gives you, you know, um ABC property management company. You talk to Betty and she tells you. All she knows, and then you ask her the same question. Of course, you don't ask her for property management companies, but you ask her for everybody else, right? And just continue to go, go down the line like that. So I think really it starts with just one. You need to find an appraiser. You need to find a lender. You need to find a mortgage broker, whatever. The person I wouldn't call is a broker. 
real estate broker. I wouldn't call the real estate commercial real estate broker that is selling you hundred plus unit properties because I want to be armed with as much information and knowledge as possible before I connect with them. So they take me as serious as I possibly can be taken serious, right? So they're the last ones I actually want to reach out to. I want to do all my due diligence. I really want to get to know the market. I really want to feel comfortable. And then prior to me going to that market, I'm going to reach out to the brokers, get connected with them. And again, it's when we're dealing with commercial real estate multifamily, Matt, you only answer this. How many brokers do we connect with? Do we connect with just one, have them put us in their car and drive around, or what do we do? Uh, we need a few, uh, you know, three, I would say. You know, I guess I wouldn't even put a number to it. I mean, you're probably right. It's probably about three in, in a typical market. Um, it depends. It might be only, you know, might be only two if you're in a small market, might be five if you're in a big, big market. But, you know, even even like a massive market like Dallas or, you know, uh, Houston or, you know, some of these bigger markets, they don't have 50 brokers that you're going to connect with. They have, you know, five, maybe, maybe 10, maybe 10. Um, but those are, you get the main brokerages that are selling the vast majority of properties, right? It's just, it's just how it is. You know, Twin Cities, we got three point, you know, roughly 3.8 million people. I think there's, there's probably, there's really one main brokerage, but there's probably, you know, four, four brokerages that sell the large, large chunk of hundred plus unit properties. It's just, just how it is. Yep. And so. I think, you know, the idea of you, like you doing all this research before you connect with the brokers is helpful because then they see you as legitimate and they're going to yep. take you seriously and give the, give you access to the good deals. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, you, we want them to take us serious. And if we come in and, and we don't know anything and we're trying to ask them everything, well, just, that's, that's, I'm not going to take you serious unless you can show them, you know, a bank statement with $10 million, then they'll take you serious, but then they don't care how stupid you are. <laughs> but other than that, uh, they, they want to know that you're educated, prepared and ready to, to get a deal done. And if you don't know anything, well, you're not educated, you're not prepared and you can't get a deal done. Right. So, and it doesn't mean you need to know everything. So you're still going to ask them questions. I still ask them questions. I still, uh, but, but how I approach them is I tell them about what I've learned, right? I tell them about what I know. And then I say, what do you think? You know, where are the opportunities that you see most? You know, so you still want to position them as an expert because they are. And we want to get their opinion because that's, that's super valuable. Um, but we, we want to make sure that we are knowledgeable as well. So we, we come off as knowing what we're doing. We're ready to buy and, uh, and, and we're reputable enough to be able to buy. We can be, be, we can be taken serious, right? It's so important. Excellent. Yeah. So, you know, we've done all that, you know, what next, right? You know, I, I would say you probably need to travel to that market uh, to check it out, uh, to you know, drive through the streets, as you say, to meet with the people that you uh, networked with over the phone and, and through email um, to you know, build those relationships. Yeah, and absolutely. And if I can set it up, I like strategically, you know, the very first time you meet with a broker real estate broker. If there's an opportunity to tour a property that you truly think, uh, great. You can also ask them, hey, is there anybody on your team that could spend a, maybe an hour, a couple hours with me on, on Thursday? Uh, I'd like to, you know, 
I'd like to take you guys to, to lunch or I'd like to uh, meet at your office. And then if there's anybody that can maybe spend a couple hours with me and uh, we can just, uh, we can just kind of go through the city. We can either, you know, drive. That's my favorite thing. Or we can sit down in the office and go over kind of the map and, and really, I'd, I'd really like to make sure I get a true good understanding of what's going on. We can, uh, I'd love for you guys to spend some time on some, some recent acquisitions and, uh, areas I should be really looking at and just spending some time with me. That'd be great. A lot of times they're going to be able to do that. You know, sometimes they might say, well, unfortunately, you know, nobody's available. That's fine. But if they are great, that they'll spend some time with you. And that'll really be a, an excellent learning experience for you. Same thing with property management companies. A lot of times they'll, they'll have somebody that can spend some time with you. Boots on the ground. You can get to know the city a lot more when you've got somebody pointing things out to you when you've got somebody as your tour guide, essentially. So I think that's super valuable to do. I always make sure I make appointments. I want lunch appointments. I want appointments at their office. I want coffee appointments. I want, I, 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 when I'm at that city, I'm going from, you know, first thing in the morning till as late in the evening as possible, meeting with people driving the city, any downtime I have, I drive the city anytime where I'm, I'm meeting, you know, one broker and, and then going to meet a property manager, I will drive the back roads if I have time to take the slow way there, take tw twice as long, three times as long to get there. That's fine with me because I'm learning the city. There's no other way to learn the city other than really getting there and driving the roads and stuff like that. What do you think some of the major mistakes people make as they're expanding into new markets? Here, here's one of the biggest things I think people make. And it's a great question. There are a couple, a couple things, but one of the biggest things I think people make is thinking that they're going to build a relationship immediately, thinking that they're somehow special, like somehow this gift from God that everybody wants them to love and know immediately. And so they're going to call a broker up they're going to tell them they're interested in their market and say, Mr. Broker, Mrs. Broker, send me your deals. And they expect the deals to come and they expect the best deals right up front. And then when the deals don't come or when the best deals don't come, they don't respond. They kind of get, or they maybe kind of respond, but they don't, they don't take it as serious. And then they get upset that nobody's taking them serious. Right. And it happens a lot. And I talk to brokers about that. They get these calls from tons of people. They're always asking for their off-market deals. That's the other thing. Stop asking brokers for all their off-market deals. They're going to send you off-market deals when they like you, when they trust you, and when they know you. You don't have to ask them. Stop asking them for off-market deals. Ask them for what deals they have available. Don't ask them for their off-market deals. They don't want to... Take their deals seriously. Take their listed deals seriously. If you can't take their listed deals seriously, how are they going to expect you to take their non-listed deals seriously? They only give those non-listed deals to the people they know, like, and trust. They've got a board in their office that they give the non-listed deals to. You don't qualify. So stop asking for them. Once you qualify, you will get them. Trust me. So... Take their listed deal seriously and don't piss them off by always asking for the next best thing. These guys put a lot of effort 
into these listed deals. Uh, I mean, Matt, you've looked at some of these offer memorandums. They're impressive, right? They're 30 pages mm -hmm. long. They've got market research. They've got all kinds of data. They've toured the properties, all this time. They've spent time and effort. And if you can't take those seriously, how do you expect them to take you seriously? Yeah, those offering memorandums, they're basically a small book. Yeah, they're impressive. And by the way, those are great research tools. So as you're looking at the market, go onto these brokers' websites, you know, like Collier's and Cushman Wakefield and uh, CBRE, Marks Bill, Chap, ARA. They all have websites and they all have listings on their websites and they all have it to where you typically will have to get on their list, right? You have to sign up to get on their list. You don't even have to have a conversation to get on their list. So you, even if you're like, hmm, I don't really want to reach out to the broker because I kind of feel really green and nervous. Well, just get on their list and start uploading some of the deals. And holy cow, there's a ton of market research on those deals. Plus they've got market research beyond just the offering memorandums. They've got a whole research database where you can research and dig and see what's going on in the market. So there, there are huge, huge opportunities right there in a simple website to find there's a broker website to find data and information. Right. So, you know, falsely, falsely assuming that uh, you're going to have uh, perfect relationships right away is one mistake. Were there any other ones that you wanted to cover? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, that and again, assuming you're going to get these off-market deals, you know, right away, I think asking for off-market deals is a huge mistake. Uh, the other mistake is just not going to the city. In my opinion, that's a big mistake. Get to know people and you can't get to know people properly without physically meeting them. It just is how it is. If you're going to buy in that city, they want to know you're serious I get taken way more serious because I'm actually going to the city, right? And I'm meeting these brokers and these brokers then trust that I'm going to be buying there because I'm spending my time capital there, right? If I'm not spending my time there, how are they going to take me serious? It's just it's so much easier for them to get comfortable with me when I'm there, right? And for me to get comfortable with them and me to get comfortable with the city me to meet property managers, me to build my team. It's just, you, in my opinion, you can't do it without being physical in that, in that city and in that market. Yep. And as you know, I'm expanding into the North Carolina market. So when I do travel there in the near future, I'll be you know, meeting with brokers and, and giving them a nice bottle of wine and a copy of my book uh, just to kind of set myself above other investors yeah. that are going in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you will set yourself in front of other investors that are out of state by just going there. Honestly, there's so many people that just don't, they don't even go to the market. And again, I talk to these brokers all the time and I ask them that question. Like, how, what are you seeing that people are doing wrong? And, and, you know, that's, that's a big thing. Like, well, they don't even try to, they don't even try to form a relationship with me or they try to do it virtually. They're trying to do it just to get deals. Like try to form a genuine relationship with these people, connect with them, find out, you know, if they got kids, can I find out if they enjoy any hobbies that you enjoy, you know, connect with them. Awesome. <clears throat> so I think, um, I, 
you know, there's, there's probably not a ton more to add, uh, but I think it's just valuable for people to understand. Like you're really, really spending some time in that city and getting to know that market is super important. Um, and building teams and relationships. When you start investing there, you know, having people on your team and on your side that can check out the properties, that can talk with the property managers, that can be on site more often than you can. You know, for me, I only get to the markets probably on a quarterly basis, maybe even less at sometimes. You know, so if you have some boots on the ground that can go out there and just go do a drive-by through the property, um, quickly meet with the property management company, they don't even have to spend a lot of time. And so it doesn't cost you a lot of money, right? Um, you got an asset management fee for a reason. Go ahead and, and make somebody that's local your asset, your, your you know, assistant asset manager or something like that. Have them go out to the property, you know, two times every single month and spend a half an hour at the property. That's all it takes to really make sure that property's running smoothly. Um, and, and, you know, also if you can afford, or I shouldn't say afford, if you can find something good that can help with broker relationships, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's so valuable. Viewing properties for you, you know, continuing to make yourself serious. That's one of the biggest problems I have um, is if I don't have any, anybody in the city and there's a listing, uh, or an off market that comes in to my inbox. I look at it. I either have to travel to the city or I have to make an offer sight unseen. Well, you never get taken as serious sight unseen. So eventually you got to go and see the property. Well, if I have somebody that I trust that's already in that market, it's just so much easier where they can just bounce by the property real quick. Again, they just do a tour. So it's an hour they have to spend another day, even if I have to pay them. 50 bucks an hour, it's 50 bucks. You know, it's a lot cheaper than me taking a plane ticket, renting a car, staying in a Airbnb or hotel, you know. Um, so a lot, lot cheaper, a lot more time efficient. If I can just pay somebody 50, even a hundred bucks, go out to that property. Well, great advice here. Uh, you know, hopefully our listeners are getting some good value out of this if they're considering expanding into a new market. The other thing I've done, Matt, is, um, you know, like you know, hire, uh, you go to like Upwork or Fiverr, you hire somebody to take and put a GoPro on their vehicle and they can just drive your property, drive it nice and slow. You can see a lot that's going on at the property. If everything looks good or if there's issues, if there's trash all over, if there's broken down cars, whatever there might be, again, it doesn't cost you a lot of money. It takes an hour of their time going to charge you 50 to 100 bucks and you got a nice video very cool that's a great idea a lot of a lot of simple little hacks that you can do um to make yourself a better investor a better property asset manager and overall just building relationships with with these uh brokers and people that are important in the city. Uh, I think that's so valuable. There, there's nothing more important with out-of-state investing and actually in-state investing. There's nothing more important than the relationships that you have that you can build around you. It's just, there's, there's nothing more important than that. Yep. And I mentioned before, my biggest mistake first starting out was thinking I could do it all on my own and, yeah. and uh, it just went so slowly as a result. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Um, oh, by the way, uh, you know, I, when I talk about, people doing things and you have to pay them, but your property management company, a lot of times will do it for free. So 
property management company oftentimes will co- go tour a property for you for free. Uh, will yeah, and they're they're offering true opinions on the property typically, like because they they first they want to manage that property, but they also want you to be aware of some of the issues that are involved in that property because they don't want it to come back and bite them, right? You're gonna you're gonna eventually fire them if they're telling you, oh, it's a perfect property, there's nothing wrong, and then you go and see the property if you put it on a contract and it needs you know, 10 K a unit and renovations. Well, you didn't do much good for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's another advice. A lot of people do things for, for free for you. So awesome. Uh, Matt, I, I don't have anything else unless you do. Nope. Not today. All right, man. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.